Welcome to episode 17 of the Chips for Life podcast series. Today we speak with Chotima. She performed at the benefit concert we did with Social Justice Collaborative and headlined by Chicano Batman. We are big fans of hers. We hadn't really known her before and, and um, hadn't really met her before, didn't really know much about her music aside from just listening to it ahead of time and just really impressed by her work. And she actually does a lot of work with unaccompanied minors in her day job too. So definitely fit right in with the theme and what we were trying to accomplish. And uh, she's an amazing person. We talked a lot about uh, just her music, where she comes from, what inspires her hip hop, and then also uh, her involvement recently in the in the protests going on here in the Bay Area uh, with uh, Black Lives Matter and in response to Michael Brown and, and all the other sort of killings that have been happening recently. Uh, it's been pretty dramatic here. I myself was hanging out on the freeway the other night um, when they took over 580. Um, yeah, a lot of important stuff going on. Anyway, so we're talking to Chotima. Hope you enjoy the conversation. And remember to check out the website. And we have some great products available uh, for you all. You know, holidays are coming around the corner. Why not buy some stuff supporting socially conscious artists and help us pay our journalists that have been, our writers and journalists that have been putting together pieces. I really want to provide people fair wages and I just need to make some money to do it. All right, folks, have a good day. Bye. Pues. Record. Oh, wait. Okay, you're recording. Gracias por el helado de menta con chocolate, Filipe. No problem, buddy. No problem. Look at those settings here. Where are we? What's your name again? I don't even know your name. Man, come on now. I, well, I just Chotima. You, yeah, that's not your name. That's my that's my name. That's your Chotima. Stage name. That's my name. That's your stage Let's, name. We'll keep it like that. We're going to keep it like we'll that? We'll keep it tight. We'll keep ah, it tight like that. Close to the chest. AKA. La Flaquita Churris Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Guanajuato, right? Was that it? Yeah, I'm from Guanajuato. Guanajuato, Guanajuato. Um, let's let's anchor people, though. So we're talking yeah. to Chotima today. Chotima performed at the benefit concert we had on the 16th, 19th for Unaccompanied Minors along with Chicago Band, man. And I had not, you know, just full re- 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 You were sleeping on me. You were sleeping on me, man. I was, it's true. I also had no idea who she was, and I, she was just um, referred to us by Carlos, and he hadn't seen her live either, so we were both just like, meh, we never <laughs> seen her, but whatever, we'll go with it. And the crowd loved her, and it was amazing, and so now we're doing mm. a podcast. And I did a podcast before, but the memory card died, so now we're doing a second one. Yeah. That's okay. The CIA erased it. It's true. It's true, sister. It's not. But I think I think things are more interesting now, because of all the protests and stuff. Yeah. So. Oh my god, there's so much shit going on right now. It's crazy. So let's this, talk about let's talk about music a little bit, and yeah, we can talk about um, what's, what's well, current actually, events. yesterday I was on the radio. Just on the oh wow. Yesterday I was on the radio KLLX. KLLX. Wait, K A L X. Puerto Rico, aquí. Mm, Berkeley. Okay. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it was fabulous. Like, is this DJ DJ Mantis? <laughs> She's like. Indian Californian awesome chick and she just let me sing live for like 30 minutes oh wow yeah so I'm gonna post that shit with the internet I'll, I'll post that up once I yeah once I but nothing I'm just podcast. like like I said last time I'm still working on my fourth album she keeps pointing at me with her <laughs> ice cream <laughs> like right, it's a right. one like it's a one yeah yeah we're like at a gelato shop in Berkeley yeah she's pointing at me like she's gonna fling it at me <laughs> 
Well, my peoples. So yeah, that's what's happening. And um, a few shows here and there. Mm. But I post that on the internet, so just keep your eyes open. Um, Do you have a manager or anything, or is it just you running your... Me. <laughs> Actually, my sister, La Pipo, she says that she's my manager. Mm. But she hasn't worked for me for a few years, okay? <laughs> so I don't know. Might have to fire her. Maybe I should be your manager. Hey. We should talk about that hey, later. We could talk about that we'll later. Talk, we'll see. We'll see. We can't negotiate on the podcast. That'd no, be crazy. That'd be kind of weird. I, right. like, I, I like asking people tough questions, though, so they have, they're kind of forced to say yes. Okay. It's cool, because I got ice cream, so go ahead. <laughs> it's sealed. Yeah. There's a really thick hot chocolate, too. Yeah. Oh that's, I like that well, hot the top gets But you kind have of, that big one. I usually get the little one. I didn't realize one. how yeah. like, intense it's it is. It's intense. It's very dense. Yeah. And the top gets yeah. thickened really fast. And you have to like... Yeah. You have to get beyond like, it. It's like a chocolate bar. Yeah. It is so and mild. And it's kind of really... Mm, makes you feel kind of crazy. After. I know. It's going <laughs> to fuck me up. That's why I don't drink coffee, because it messes with my ADD. This is going to coffee. Bless the gods for coffee, for real. Every day I wake up, I have coffee. Y los campesinos que lo sembran, amiga. Es eso. La semillita ahí, la semillita ahí. Tell me about your music. Let's talk about your music. Okay, what about my music, though? You asked me more specific questions. Yeah, remember what I asked you before. The conversation didn't exist. Okay, was it? what is it you want to know? Like, how did I start? Or, like, what am I What does your music feel like? What does your music feel like? Okay, I want it to feel different ways because I feel different ways and I <laughs> absorb differently, right? Uh, uh. I'm a very sensitive person, so so I absorb a lot. So I have to kind of push it out through my music. But sometimes I want it to feel kind of distant and soft. And then sometimes I want it to feel as if a dog is barking in your ear. And, and, it's, and it's primarily hip-hop, right? And it's a mix, actually. Well, I mean, there's a lot of hip-hop and I... I I'm, you know, I believe in hip hop. I live, I try to live by hip hop, but, um, but there's also other different sort of genres that sneak in. Um, como yo canto canciones de bolero, mm, por mm. ejemplo, también canto mm. poquito, este, como unas canciones que ahora tienen como ritmos africanos por una clase mm. que tomé con CK Latsepo. <laughs> A shout out to CK Latsepo, he's mm. so cool. I love that man. Bless his heart. Um, so it's a mix, you know, doing a little bit of R&B and then some some folk type music. So, so I how, just how does a sister from, from Guanajuato, yeah. Mexico, end up jumping into hip hop? Mm-hmm. Tell me, I want to know about that. That sounds interesting. I think it's like, honestly, it starts with my grandma and the way that words are kind of um, sprout from my grandma. And chisme too, you yeah. know, chisme, cuentos, leyendas, yeah. like recetas, yeah. remedios, everything sprouts, and, of course. Yeah. And and especially her, because she kind of, she was raised by her grandma, um, mi tatarabuela Camila, who used to wear siete naguas. She was from um, Valle de Santiago, uh-huh. where there's the seven volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so I feel like my grandma, that's where it kind of, it starts in my understanding of oral tradition, right? It starts there. And being lyrical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that a veces el español hasta dicen el mexicano es cantadito, el español mexicano oh. cantadito, uh, yeah. right? Uh, so, so somewhere in there, you know, and, and let me just say that I was always a big fan of Michael Jackson. <laughs> like when I was three, I went to his concert, okay? No, th- three going on four. 
Wow. Um, in, I, in Mexico City, really? 1993, he came through. I was four. My bad. Did you even speak English? Or? Oh, my God, no. But I <laughs> love that man. I loved his music so much. We were in the nosebleed section, okay? Yeah, in the Estadio Azteca. Talia came out at the end, and they made out. I was like, what is going on? My world what? was on fire that night. <laughs> anyway, so también ahí, Michael Jackson, you know, influenced a lot of people, especially, especially my generation, you know, but I feel... I feel like he changed just the whole game, like Felacuti, you know? Mm. Anyways, so let's fast forward, 1999, you know, like a few years after NAFTA. My dad had been out of the country a few years already. Mm -hmm. um, he had to leave the country to, uh, to get a, like, he, he just decided to get a, a doctorate because his job wasn't, it wasn't enough, and, like, we lost the apartment, and we ended up, like, moving back to Guanajuato, and kind of really depending on my grandma a lot. Mm. So, anyways, eventually we migrate up, and I didn't speak any English, okay? My grandma could say, how are you, and I thought that was fabulous. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, how, how, how old were you then? How old was I? I was 11. And it's an interesting thing, too, because, you know, my grandma, like, for 35 years now, she's... um she's a family hostess right mm. so she's kind of this like the authentic tourist experience so like all my life i live with gringas mm. Mm. but i get to in, gringolandia in, in and Manabato. i can't speak fucking english yeah right. so anyways i get there and then the way that I, really there's two ways that i learned english esl i had this one fabulous teacher miss sanchez a chicana tejana she was cool she ate ice from her iced coffee and it was the most bizarre thing to me like because she would, like, coffee. She would like, she would like crunch it? Ex yeah, because coffee and her nails were always fabulous. I remember that. She smelled good too, and her hair was fluffy and black. But anyway, she helped me out. So shout out to you wherever you are, Miss Sanchez. Keep doing your thing and shining, you know, hella bright. Anyways, she helped me out. But really, after school kind of stuff, watching 106 and Park with Free and AJ, and then watching WWF. Really? Wrestling? Yes. Wrestling? That's the way. And then listening to, like, Lauren Hills, and so Situation of Lauren Hills. So, for all those who want to learn English, you have to watch Lucha Libre in the United States. Or oh, listen hip hop. Or listen hip hop. And I listened to Lauren Hill a lot, Destiny's yeah. Child. Right. Oh my God, the writing's on the wall, hella epic. And where were you at that point? At Texas, point? Texas. Okay, so the so then I was there two years. Yeah. Bush was governor, right? right? Okay, that idiot. Try yeah. to screw with the mic. Oh my bad, my bad. <laughs> I just get a little, a little, you know, excited. There, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, um, Bush was governor. So then I leave um, Texas, and I move to Georgia, to south, like the southern part of Georgia. One hour from Alabama, one hour from Florida. Jesus. In this place called Albany, Georgia. How did they end up there? Uh, because my dad got a job, actually. Oh, yeah, so it was cool. So yeah. Whatever hustle he can. Mm -hmm. So he got a good job, actually. He's been in that job for a minute. But anyways, I live in Georgia. And you know, hella southern rap is bumping there. Yeah, Outcast right. is hella big. And that's when I started listening to Wu-Tang. Mm. But I also started listening to a lot to Jose Alfredo Jimenez and Ella Fitzgerald. Also from Guanajuato. Yeah. Have you been, oh. to, his, have you been to his tomb? I have not. So have you been? Yeah. So I went once. We, we took like a family trip to Guanajuato. Mm. That was um, among other places. And his tomb is a giant sombrero. Right? And, 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 and like every... A, like every, a like space machine. No, like a, like a concrete sombrero. Like a space machine. Okay, sure. 
and then and then every single song he's ever written is written on tiles that that sort of enwrap the. Yeah. So there's like hundreds of little tiles because he wrote some. Okay, can I songs. just sing a little song that I like by yeah. him? Yeah. Okay. This one's really beautiful. I dedicate it to you know who. Do whatever you want. Okay. To me, is that what you're saying? Um, to that you that knows it's that you. Okay, here we go. Was that the song? Oh, okay. No, no, wait! I'm about to sing it. Okay. Ojalá que te vaya bonito. Ojalá que se acaben tus penas. Que te digan que yo ya no existo. Que conozcas personas más buenas. Yo no sé si tu ausencia me mate. Aunque tengo mi pecho de acero. Pero nadie me diga cobarde. Sin saber hasta dónde te quiero. Ah, no te lo esperabas, chichipster life. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, my grandma used to sing them songs to me, so... And, you know, I used to... I, I, back in the day, there were only five channels, you know? It was Televisa, El Canal Dos de las Estrellas, whatever. And then, eventually, TV Azteca came out seven, and that was pretty, like, radical at that moment, kind of, but not really. And then Canal Cinco, that was for children, that they always played Back to the Future, like, oh, my God, just again and again and again. And then there was El Canal 11. And that's it, really, kind of. That was kind of it. Anyways, después de que mi abuelita daba de comer a las gringas, estudiantes, o japonesas, o noruegas, o francesas, she would rest in her couch. And uh, she would put on Canal 2. And usually at that time, it was playing like the old movies yeah, from, right. from the classic times. The, from the golden era. Yeah, so I would look at her feet all like swollen, con varices, mm. like all crusted and kind of <laughs> yellow a little bit. And and look at the screen and then just kind of chill there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then go to like a free class in the university because my mom was a student, so we got to take free classes, so it was cool. Anyway, so, so yeah, and then, uh, well, somehow we went backwards, but let's go forward. So after George, I lived in Virginia. So still in the South. Uh-huh. So I grew up in the South, like, so I love sweet tea. Let me just say that. <laughs> I love sweet tea. Um, uh, so, yeah, I grew up in Virginia, and in Virginia was the place that I actually started making music. And you I started, started organizing. Taking it seriously. Yeah. I started organizing. I started making music. I started um, was this in college making this art. College? It was college time. It so was like Where'd you time. go to school? I went to school to a public school called v uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Oh, uh, right, VCU. Yeah, yeah VCU, I you know, yeah. So I went there and studied art. Um, and I did, you know, I knew how to play the game, basically. So I, I handled my businesses there, and I did hella good. And I got a lot of scholarships and shit, and a lot of different things came out through that mm -hmm. university. But that Richmond was, is also a really fertile place. And during, like, the, the Renaissance, the Black Renaissance, in the last century <clears throat> not the hip-hop renaissance but the harlem renaissance right richmond was also flourishing mm. at that time so richmond has always had this uh, this rich sort of cultural um production right um of black folks of a lot of black folk there's also like a punk scene at one moment that was really strong there mm. anyway so like i grew up with like some a good group of people that influenced me there 
there was like this um, this collective called the Chocolate Milk Collective <laughs> with Anu and uh, Obliv, who's a like a really amazing beat maker from over there, um, and a bunch of other people. And I first I was in a noise band. <laughs> what, what is what is that? I don't know what a noise band. Um, it was an interesting experience with this really amazing artist. Um, <laughs> Who I don't really talk to no more, but I know he's real. He's real like in, onto something. Like he's he's in the future, and we're in the past. But uh, his name's Chino Amobi, and we were in this band called Diamond Black Hearted, uh, Diamond Black Heart, Diamond Black Heart. Now he made a Diamond Black Hearted Boy. Okay. Yeah, so we were so I was first in that man, and then after that, what did you, what did you were you singing? Oh my god, I would just what? I would go like da 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 da. Yeah, so okay. some were you were you like taking singing lessons? It was just no, you know I've always sang like with my grandma, and I was in the chorus in in like Mexico, and they would ask me to do the recitals for Mother's Day when I was in elementary school. Mm. Um, but I think one of the biggest sort of trainings for me was in Georgia. I was in the chorus there mm-hmm. and then I was also as a senior I was in the Black Awakening Choir and so I learned a lot of uh, different gospel songs. Were there a lot of other Latinos at the time? Or no. Like Latinos just... in that school it was like 10 or less. Okay. So you're just kind of on your own. Yeah. Like it was 80% black uh, sure. like 17% white and a little bit percent other. So it was interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting space to, to grow up in. Right. And But I also saw some really fucked up things like for example there was a military booth every day outside the cafeteria. Course, yeah. And there were, we didn't really get that much information about college, right? right? It's a classic story um, in communities of color. Yeah, there or was like no... Exactly. Yeah. There was like no toilet paper sometimes. Uh, sometimes the doors wouldn't close or sometimes they wouldn't be doors. Um, just some really fucked up shit. Like, you know, the, the pri- most privileged classes and smallest classes, a lot of the AP classes, um, were primarily white. Sure. Right? And there were very few people of color in those classes. And, you, and probably not encouraged to. Yeah, it was weird. I, yeah, it was weird. I was, I was in some, like, not many, but I was in some of the honors, whatever classes, uh, and some of the regular. So I was, like, in between both worlds. But it was just strange. Because um, well, I mean, when I was, was when weird. I was coming up, and too, it was when Bush was a president. Right. Oh my God! And they were do, they were killing they started killing people in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, and like I would speak out about it, and they would be like, "Shut the fuck up," kind mm. of thing. Man, one of my my teachers had an affair with three students. Um, my friend uh, Latasha Jones, she she died in the in the hallway because they didn't call the ambulance because the the lady in the reception thought that she had to get the permission from the principal so she didn't think it was serious enough and she died what did she have that she was dying she had a heart condition and they knew she had a heart condition but they let her die yeah it was a weird school west over high school west over comprehensive high school thank you yeah Mm -hmm. fucking crazy man because I, I mean, high school was like in LA, it was like 80% Latino. And like, one of the, I mean, there was also a very clear tracking system, but because I had a weird schedule, some of my classes were like honors and some weren't, and it was just like a different world. And it was like the non honors classes were like all the kids I grew up with, but some, I didn't really notice this, right? But somehow I got separated from because of how tracking starts early. And it was nice to be back in with them a lot, but it was also really like, why do, why are we separated? Like, what's going on here? And it took, you know, it took a while to figure out what's going on, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty unique. 
yeah, it's. But it was good to be in both because it keeps you grounded. You know, because mm-hmm. otherwise you start believing all the lies they tell you when you when you're in the honors classes that you're yeah. better than the other people of color. Or that hell no. You know, fuck that shit. Yeah, no, but it's. But that's where they're trying to I instill. Mean, this, they're trying yeah. to break us apart. And I mean, with the standardized testing, it's right. like all that shit. Yeah. Um, whose English is that? Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So what's going on? What's going on? Where are we right now? Okay, right now we're we're in this little um, gelato a spot in um, in Berkeley where they have this bomb hot chocolate. The thickest molasses. The super same. good, super good. I recommend it. But Bay Area has been on fire the last couple of days. Yes. You want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. So um, I was gone. So let me just say I, I, I just I got back too, from Puerto Rico. <laughs> I was visiting over there. Mm. Um, but I was here uh, when there there was the the protest for Mike Brown the first night. So I was there mm-hmm. when we when we all marched uh, to the highway. Um, so I felt that you know I felt that. Um, so I I've been uh, out until this Sunday when I got back. Um, you know the first thing is all my friends are texting me. They're like, Hey, are you okay? Um, uh, where are you coming from? I was like, oh, I'm coming from the airport. And they were like, hey, the, the train might, might have stopped because of the protest. Um, so al- already, like, I, I understood that a lot of the people in my community had been yeah. involved in that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been three nights of protest in Berkeley um, because of the the it's state terror that's been happening. As a response, too. Yeah, as a response. Um, to what to you know the injustice done to Mike Brown and to Eric Gardner um, as well as other other people like Alex Nieto here, yeah, Alex Oscar Grant, yeah, this speaks to things uh, that have already yeah, been Trayvon happening. Martin. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different people that have been affected. It's part of the same conversation, exactly for our community. Yeah, 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 and 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 which also at the same time is connected to to La Migra and the way that a lot mm. of of you know the work that we did, even that show, you know, and the, and the work that I do as a teacher. Uh, talks about you know the way that migrant communities are also terrorized by by the police mm-hmm. in the same way you know that black communities are terrorized um, and both our communities are um, the young men you know are taken out of our communities and um, m- many times are punished so so frequently and pushed out frequently and disproportionately yeah exactly and pushed out so that um, they can they can fall into the, these law uh, Law, you know, they can fall prey to the to the to these laws, right? For example, you know, I have a lot of friends that um, have their lives um, more complicated, made more complicated because of gang injunctions, right? right? And a lot of friends, you know, that ha- are coming out of jail. Well, and and, and the gang injunction is like, like a, basically like a, a legal form of racial profiling within certain communities and a way to, again. Um, disproportionately expand sentences to the youth that do get mm-hmm. incarcerated that are yeah. targeted within these injunctions. Exactly. It's like it's like they have a little rap that says Leyes de hombres en vano, leyes derecho no más para unos cuantos. A mi gente le dicen ilegal, así que todo le puede pasar. Democracia americana, negaciones desde su mañana. Because they're just full of bullshit with mm-hmm. this fake ass democracy. Well, I mean, and the, and the I'm, I'm like personally just, you know, everything that's happening is alarming and uncomfortable, but I think what, where I come into it too is having been a scholar of state violence in Guatemala for a long time, like what I see and now I'm understanding it because I've been reading all sorts of stuff about it is very similar to what was going on that started the civil war in Guatemala. Not that I'm saying that's going to happen here, but like 
uh, the sort of arbitrary violence, the way the DA and the jury and everyone is complicit in concealing evidence and hiding evidence and destroying and evidence. And that two witnesses were found killed. The second one, the second article has been a, this discredited. Is weird. Okay. The first one for sure. But the first one, yeah. And not just killed, right? But like this is where it really intersects with my research. It's like people aren't just being killed. Right, they're being intentionally assassinated, and they're being put on display mm -hmm. as a method of trying to instill fear. Yeah. Right, like this. This is the. It's this terror is, tactics. That's the state. It's yeah. terror tactics. These are, it's the same thing. Me the fuck out. It's I, the I, same I, thing that Mexico is doing with Ayotzinapa. Right, right, right. right, and the sort of, the sort of violent parade right. that has been going on for years. And it's a conversation. And it's just discursive. escalating and like, escalating. But people here and there and across different uh, parts of the world are tired, and they're not. Stupid. The thing is that piensan que somos pendejos. Piensan que somos pendejas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pero la gente no no está dormida. La gente sabe que qué está pasando. Está trucha. Yeah. And la gente está cansada. You know, la gente está yeah. cansada. People are tired. And they're realizing what's happening. Exactly. And I think the last piece that really blew me away was in reading about how Michael Brown's body was just out there. For Lo hours. dejaron por cuatro horas y media. Yeah, that's a message. That's, that's, horas that, says, that says to the community... A, what type of disrespect to, to the dead, yeah. to the youth, yeah, yeah, yeah. to life? Mm -mm, that's and it's, not and right. they're trying to communicate, this is what happens when you fuck with us. We will do this to you whenever we want. That's not right. You know, that's what it says. And that's, this, and this is this is a police state. This is impunity. Right? Yeah. This is, these are all the different pieces that, that make for an incredible amount of injustice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what's going on. And we're going to keep protesting and I know you, that the more you read about places like Ferguson the more like what the fuck is going on out there exactly like, how did, how did no and happen? here too I mean Oakley you know, Fruitvale I mean not very long ago Alex Nieto was also shot 14 times by right. the police and that and that autopsy report was delayed like nine months exactly and, and uh, they get paid double what teachers get paid like what and Excuse all these cops me? get put on like paid leave forever exactly. and they don't get prosecuted you're like what <laughs> So, so the thing is, uh, the system is guilty, and we need some sort of procedure to put these police uh, in jail or in some sort of like it's off the fucking job. Exactly. Not Jesus. not only off the job, but they 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 they're assassins. They need to be yeah. They need to be held accountable. For and their I mean, and, but then violence. you know, we get into this other conversation that complicates things of. Also, what is this, the industrial complex of, of the prison, right? What is this complex? So, like, even thinking about that and and even thinking about that structure that we have, mm -hmm. of, of that, it just gets complicated, you know, because I think in other ways, um, it's just, okay, it's just like putting putting that machine still in practice. I don't know. But the machine really what's eating is people in our communities. Yeah. And so it's just like when the I, laws that are made are made exactly the way they were made because that's exactly what they want. So I don't like the thing is that when I think about it, it's like now it's it's not only just here. I don't know if you heard, but there was an indigenous leader killed in in, in yeah. Peru. I've been going bananas like following because like, I think one of the things that's emerging, you know, as someone that like posts a lot of things and deals in media right now. I think what's what's also been interesting and important is that there's also like indigenous communities are starting to be like, look, we're also getting killed at like ridiculous amounts. High rates in African American communities, not to compete, but just to say like this is also an issue too and let's also keep it in mind as we discuss these things. Mm -hmm. So indigenous leaders all over the United States, indigenous leaders in Ecuador and stuff that I've been aware of too, like in Guatemala that like we're just people are now taking seriously because it's happening here in the United States. In the arbitrary ways that it happens in our communities in the global south, you know, for decades. 
Because I, I don't think you feel that necessarily in the popular culture here in the United States, but like now it's happening, and now they're like, oh shit, you know. I mean, you have like professional athletes making comments about this stuff now. Not that I believe professional athletes make a difference when they say yeah. things like this, but it's an but indication of how it's becoming. I mean, it's I was kind of surprised that that some of them stepped out because a lot of people stay quiet, you yeah. know, and a lot of people eat, especially with you know with this whole situation. A lot of people always appropriate black culture. Always. The beginning of this country has been that, appropriating black people and black culture. And so you see a lot of those people like Miley Cyrus, you know, um, what's that other girl's name? I don't know that one. Iggy Asili or oh, yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, the Bieber dude yeah. or Biber, I don't know what's his Timberlake, name. Timberlake, yeah. Yeah, the, all those people. Uh, excuse me, I mean, did Elvis, you say anything? Elvis Presley. Did you, uh, did you say anything? Okay, then. Then yeah. step, step to the side, please. Yeah, get off this. Exactly. That's yeah. another thing, too. Like, if you're down with people, then you gotta be present all the time. Yeah. And all the time. These athletes are stepping out and, and making statements and things. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. Something's really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know where this thing's going, but yeah, I, was, I, was, uh, I was there last night uh, on the 580. Was it the 580? Yeah. It was uh, the 580. Yeah. So they had over, over the freeway, and it's just like. It, it, it just feels nuts, right? Because, and I've been to protests before and I've been arrested, so that's not really where I'm coming from. It's, yeah. it's just that there's like so many police officers and so many guns and so many helicopters. I don't know, it, it just it feels like everything I read in Guatemala when, it, when things were going on during the Civil War and how the state was like responding. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see it in Guanajuato too. When I think back, Guatemala, but I see it in Guanajuato too, because if I think back 10 years, we did not have the same uh, police force that is constantly going in circles in these cars with these AKs, right? They've been been militarized aggressively. With hella cameras everywhere. Police hidden in callejones. Man, you can't even chill in that callejones no more. They don't fucked up the callejones for us in the centro. But it's like, it wasn't like that when I was a little girl. You know? And Yeah, they're coming after us. Yeah, and and it's and it's it's just this militarization, this extreme militarization which is profits, you know, US corporations that produce and the military that produces all these weapons. And a lot of the cops are former military with like PTSD. Of course. And I and I think and I think to to speak to like your sort of like statement about um, how laws and things are are designed to to support certain people, right? Like like we don't have like in the United States we don't have like a massive office of like of investigating corporate crime. Right? We have we have a police state that goes after us exactly. for dumb shit. Exactly. Are we going after Exxon? Or are we going after no, the folks that rob not. people's homes? Because like they got the money. Right? Exactly. The laws They're are the ones that fucking them. shit up. I mean, and, and through the laws, they have been pushing and pushing for, uh, for the com- corporations itself to be viewed as also having rights. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, which to me that's like ridiculous. Well, corporations like, in this country are people. Exactly, which, I, which I is it's, it's hard to fucking s- crazy. Right, it's hard to really explain to people why that's insane. But that's insane. insane. When I was doing all of the research, the corn research, um, and kind of studying the visualization of corn from its sacred roots, right? Thinking about, for example, if we talk about Guatemala, the quiche, mm-hmm. you know, and the sacred root of, of the popol vuh, all the way to the way that Monsanto portrays corn, right? So from sacred to transgenic. 
But it was crazy to 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 un- try to understand how NAFTA, the very law that pushed me out, affected all of the production of corn, affected so many campesinos. Not only that, but affected just the even the idea that we should respect life and respect seeds. These 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 corporations like Monsanto, which has a lot of corporations underneath it um, are ma- are making seeds that don't reproduce itself yeah. so even the essence of the seed is not respected yeah. and to me that's just right. I, I can I it's hard for me to understand that yeah. it's very hard for it's me a great to understand dependence that. on the supplier yeah and and not only do they want you to buy the seeds but they um, but they want you to buy the pesticide mm-hmm. and they want you to buy the fertilizer and they and then they sell you all of that transgenic corn back in everything that they make right. and they don't even tell you that it's transgenic. Because the corn oil is everywhere. Yeah, and, and corn syrup. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and so that's one of the, th- that's a project that I'm still working on, but I feel very strongly about, about that because, you know, Mexico, um, what what is now thought of as Mexico, um, uh, the, the southern part of Mexico, yeah. and, and where Guatemala is, and that, that central gente, part, that's where Maya. corn was, was born, yeah. that's where corn was actually engineered. Two plants had to come together so that corn would be born, the same way that rice was born in China, same process happened over yeah. there with that. Um, and so, it's, you know, it's something very deep to that, this, that part of the land, and that part of the land that... Um, some of my ancestors come from, right? And so, and so I think that that's a big responsibility. So one thing, you know, I think about constantly is sort of, okay, we're, and I was thinking about it today when I was walking on the street, but I was like, I'm in this web. I'm in this capitalist web. I'm in this system. And like any little movement that I do can have some sort of consequence, right? And how is it that I can sort of exist within this web without uh, supporting it? Right, but it's so complicated. Well, that's why it's a web. Right, the and word, then, yeah. but then, like you know, you try to get out of it, and they get you right back in it. And um, <clears throat> I just um, yeah, I just think about the different ways that we can be outside of that. So one thing I remember is like my great grandpa Jesus Campasescanse, he did trueque. He would just do really? trueques. Mm-hmm. Trueque is an exchange. So truque is just an exchange. Basically, he would um, he would exchange cobijas for different things. Huh. Also, he'd barter. Yeah, he would yeah. just exchange uh, truque. Yeah. yeah, and so I think about the truque. Another time that we were talking, oh, little baby girl, uh, I thought about the tanda, right? Mm-hmm. And even you know, if we think about the system of ejido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have all of these different ways that we did before and that are still continued. Right, that protect collective yeah, work still, and collective land. Yeah, they're still continued, um, and and so maybe to to look. Well, that was into the piece that. of NAFTA too. That was incredible. Was is yeah. the Mexican Constitution from 1930 is one of the most radical documents in terms of like state relations out there, and NAFTA outlawed the Hilo, which is the Hilo land rights, which is more than one of the foundational aspects of that constitution. That is exactly. a consequence of Zapata and Villa. And I, and I think let's not. I think with NAFTA too, it, it pushed people off their lands because it reduced the cost of corn, but it also intentionally does that so you but have more labor. But it reduced, yeah, it reduced the the, the price of American yeah, it corn. Flooded, it flooded the market. So then, campesinos in Mexico and in different parts of Latin America couldn't afford to produce corn and sell it, right? And so many times, all of them were pushed up north 
right? Without or, papers, yeah. right? Or elsewhere. Or, I mean, that's the piece too, like, because it also opens the door for all these maquilas. Yeah, and also so the maquilas. Yeah, you have a bunch of unemployed folks. That but need a lot to of make people, wages. a lot of people migrate up and they become la obra de mano, la mano que, que, que produce la, la comida here, too. Yeah. You know, a lot, a, a good majority. So you have all of this labor for the lands here, yeah. right? That is no longer there. And what happens to all those lands, right? So, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. And then, but then there's this sort of cycle of also a, a lot of the the money that goes into Mexico is from the families that live here that send back, right? right? So it's this complicated, compl we have a very complicated relationship with the United States because we're so close. One thing that Luis Valdez said that I thought was super interesting was that which other country could maintain itself and maintain its strength and its personality but Mexico next to the United States. You know, el dicho, hay un pobre México tan, tan lejos de Dios, tan cerca de Estados Unidos. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing is that, you know, I like I said, I was just in Puerto Rico. You know, people understand. So a lot of people in Puerto Rico understand Puerto Rico to be just a colony. Yeah, right. And that's, crazy that's the same way that it feels yeah. for Mexico. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's a very complicated situation. Um, and we're here, intermixed, you know? Between Americans and Mexicans and people from all over the world. Yeah, and you having been world. raised in the South and yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and so, because I so, was raised among a bunch of Latinos. Yeah, like this. yeah. And so you know, one thing I I see now is like in the little babies actually, in like my students is, is the new nice mixes. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on back, Chelsea. Yeah, sorry. I love babies. I know you do. So I do love I. babies. Yeah. I was hanging out with my um, Thanksgiving. I was hanging out with my, my brother-in-law's uh, two nephews. Mm -hmm. Very, very cute. Like one's three, I think. Really? One's like six or seven. Aww. Yeah. Little he was like all baby. weird at first because he hadn't seen me in a while. And I don't have a beard anymore. Then eventually he would like crawl up onto the recliner and hang out with me. and be like, puzzles! And I was like, okay, we're going to play the puzzles for three hours. Really? That's yeah, okay. That was very sweet. Yeah. Was a sweet yeah, I, I I have a lot of little cousins. A I lot. I don't get I have so many little Martha, cousins. get working. So <laughs> so uh, I take care of them when I go back to Mexico. Um they're so cool, man. I love chilling with children. They're just they're so um they're so honest. So let's talk about that. So that's that's your day job, yeah? Working yeah. with kids. Talk yeah, working with kids and youth. Um so I have different sort of jobs, but one of them, um, I'm as part of a, a, a fellowship with Root Divisions called the Latina Teaching Artist Fellowship. I teach um, classes, uh, four classes uh, to children in this school um, that's called the Mission Education Center in San Francisco. And the majority of my students are migrant children. They're from Central America. Uh, they're from Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. Um, that's where they're from. And so it's this really amazing exchange with them um, through art, through painting, through printmaking, 
Um, and but just, I imagine they just they just really need some sort of expressive yeah. medium. No, and they're amazing. But they're I mean, so much wow. weight, uh, they are so fabulous. Like we have this song that we sing that I learned from Sike Laxuepo. It's um it's a song from the '60s protest movement in Ghana, the stu- the student mo- uh, movement that protested against the government at that moment, and it was like. Alo, 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 bajiame. So I sing that with them, and they go crazy. Oh my God, they're so they love they love singing it. And so, so we usually do like alo, alo, and then we say someone's name. That's so they cute. get really excited about that. But yeah, the so I was telling my dad today. I was like, my biggest my biggest accomplishment of the semester, the semester in that class was that within the pre-k students uh, and you know one of the what 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 one of the pre-k students said rather sorry but um <laughs> so every day i talk to them and i'm like hola todos y todas como estamos no and i always address i try to always address both the the girls and the boys which in spanish you know it's we kind of yeah it's challenging and, and they Sp- make it always be about male right, right? right. Um, and so just a few weeks ago, one of my little babies from Guanajuato was, uh, they were, they had finished cleaning up and he was doing some things and I asked him, hey, what are you doing? He said, todas y todos estamos formándonos en la fila. And that was the highest moment of my <laughs> teaching career thus far this semester. That's good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. So I felt proud of him. So what what was it um, what was it like for you performing? So talk about that. Uh, performing for the Chicano at the, yeah, at our Wow, show. it was amazing. It was a blessing. Um, I was so happy. I mean, I love Chicano Batman. Yeah, they're so fabulous and sexy and just just fabulous. You know, so strong. Um, the, the crowd was like really responsive. Yeah, pretty, we love them here. We love them here. You know, but like to you specifically, they were really responding oh, to like what we were, you, you were doing. You know, I felt that I felt that love. Yeah. I felt that love, and I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was beautiful for me because you know when I first got here like two years ago, I first like I didn't know anybody, and at, at that moment I was homeless too, mm. and like I got to that show and I saw Anita to you. You know, oh, wow. perform, and I, you know, I was on the other side, and so it was cool to to perform in the new parish. I hadn't performed there too, so that was really exciting. Um, so yeah, it was fabulous. I was so happy. I was so happy. That was a lot of fun. It was a fun night. I mean, I was like, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what I was doing. It's the first time I've ever done something like this, so I was yeah. just like, uh. Yeah, you did good. Uh, it was a, it was a great, uh, it's a great event. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a great event. Yeah. Nice. yeah. That, that little dude is excited about his ice cream. I think he's a little sad that he's leaving it. They're <laughs> 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 so distracting, little people. I know. You can't, you can't just he's gonna stare at them for like hours. It is weird because children have. Um, they have the newest soul, but they have the oldest soul at the same time. Um, it's the, it's like the elderly. They they have an old soul because they experience a lot in their life, but they haven't. They they're like a new soul as well, right? Mm. Ready to to be born again, to to die. Um, but children, yeah. I mean, the Olmecs. I don't know if you knew this, but the Olmecs had a, a belief that it wasn't it wasn't until the head hardened 
the the bone hardened. The skull hardened. Yeah, that the children were actually children, that they were humans. Yeah. Before that, they were still considered semi gods. Huh. And not ready to decide if they were t to stay or not. Wow. And if they left, it was not considered a bad thing. It huh. was just not for them to stay here. Because in that period, you'd have a lot of just kids dying. Yeah, maybe. Mortality rates. Maybe so. too. Yeah, but I think that that, that it, you see in our culture still today with, through traditional medicine that there's such a there's such a extensive and complex system of understanding of plants and different methods to take care of, of women in, in partos, right? Like the cuarentena, there's, there's, greater, the different there's greater reverence medicinas. for birthing. I mean, yeah. the, the society does not respect birthing. You know, no. I mean, all. you can see the way that it, they... I mean, in Mexico, it's also been spread too, but there's still tra a lot of traditional um, medicine. There's a really good book, actually, called uh, Medicina Roja, de Patricia González que habla de, de la tradición medicinal para el, para el parto y para la mujer que va a dar mm. a luz mm. y cómo se usan diferentes plantas Are you looking to have a kid? Um, Is that what you're thinking not about? soon <laughs> No, I don't know I, You know That's very complicated in this world It's It too much responsibility for It me is. at this moment yeah. uh, What about you? You want to have kids? Um, uh, you know I'm open to the idea. Yeah. It just kind of depends on... I mean, there, I've, I've dated women that, like, I, I cared about a lot, but it was all like, I would never have a kid with you. Yeah, wow. Ever. Yeah. No, if, we got, if we had gotten serious, I, we just wouldn't have a kid. Exactly. And I also dated moms in the past, too. And it, that have babies already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, one that was... Was that like, cool? Yeah, I mean, he was, he was like, 10, too, so it wasn't just, like, a baby. He was, like... He was, like, hey, what's up? Were you chilling with yeah, my right, mama? Yeah, right, right. We, was, we stepped on my mom for it. I was, like, okay. So that that's cool. I you know I I enjoyed the challenge of getting him on my side you know because I was like if he doesn't like me like we're done yeah like, I can't we can't date like this is not gonna work exactly and I've always been sort of a paternal person anyway so yeah and I think and I think I think for me after my after my yeah after my mom died it was I we we had she had took two like two years, it was a long term illness she had breast cancer and that was just like a really intense sort of pool for me to like give life as opposed to see it constantly leaving. You know, so that, that at that point, and it still is there. Like, it's still, I think it it would be nice to have a child. It'd be nice to have a child in my life and raise a child and do all those things. But, you know, I, I need a partner for that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's the challenge: is finding someone I'm down with enough to like take on someone. Like it that. will happen. It will happen. And if it doesn't, it in, doesn't. In time. Like, in I'm due not, time. I'm not gonna flip out about it. Too. No, it you just gotta you just gotta let it happen. And yeah, don't look for you it. You can't press that shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but I know my sister's gonna have kids, and I'm really excited about that. Who? My sister. Really? Yeah, they're trying to have kids right now. Maybe I shouldn't mention that, but well, oh. she, no, it's public. No, whatever. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, two babies She's are coming in the way in my family good. from two cousins good. that are around my age. I mean, a lot of my friends. One of them kids. is his second baby. Nice. El Chucho, El Jesus. El Chucho. El Jesus. We have his second baby. a lot of Guatemala, Chucho. El Chucho. Yeah. And then my other cousin is his first baby. Mm. Now I'm going to have like eight nieces. And nephews. I have, yeah, I guess I have two step nieces or nephews. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love hanging out with them. They're not like my family. Yeah. You know? So I'm just kind of waiting for my sister to pop one out. Yeah. I'd be really excited. Yeah, I think my sister's going to take some time. I don't I think she's she's not on that. Well, there's like a, there's kind of a, it's not really that present anymore. There's like a family joke where Ernie's more likely to have a kid before I am. Oh. And my brother's gay, so, you know. He might have a kid before yeah. you. <laughs> then you can be an uncle too. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's beautiful. And he, hate, and he hates kids. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. So if it happened on mistake somehow, then it'd just be a whole I, imagine. series of wow. ridiculousness that led to that. Wow. That would be, yeah. No, but Sometimes yeah. it's the person that least wants it that yeah. gets it. Yeah. It depends. Yeah, it always depends. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm being forced to think about it a lot because so many of my friends are starting to have children now. Right now? Yeah. Is it intense? Oh, like, yeah. is it always on your Facebook feed? Yeah. No, I mean, for it, for a while when like people were talking a lot about Palestine, it was like babies in Palestine bombings. Like it was like, how do I? How do, I don't know how to process this. This wow. is like too intense. Wow. And like cute baby pictures or bad baby pictures? Uh, I think mostly cute. People are pretty good about being selective. Yeah. Some people will go too far into it. Man. There's a there's one. One of my couple friends, I haven't talked to them in a while, but their their kid has like it's just like the the most vibrant blue eyes I've ever seen, and it's, wow. and it's like she's like piercing into your soul. So I, I just wow. couldn't. I, I would freak out hanging around their baby, but I was just like, this kid is like, ah, yeah, the avatar. Mind, <laughs> I thought I don't like people looking into me, but like it was just like it so was just, no, that's what so I mean. Babies and children and cats. Oh, I see what you mean. And cats. They have old souls. Yeah. You know, they say that cats are the ones that you can travel with. Like that, your soul can travel with. Right. If you do a trip outside, but I don't know about all that. I don't, <laughs> I don't have, have. Ca- I don't have a cat, so I don't really. I don't really, I don't really have cats. Yeah, I don't really like the way their pee smells. It's kind of really it's nasty. It's pretty gross. It's They're just like passive aggressive assholes too. They're kind of yeah. yeah. Some of them are cool, but you just never know. Some They're cold or hot, then they uh, want you, then they don't. And if they I can't deal with want that. You, That's too bipolar for me. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the cat, cats are strange. And people that love cats are pretty insane, I think. Dude. There's that. Okay, <laughs> cat ladies. Sorry, wow. sorry, cat folks, but we yeah. love you, but it's weird. It is a little, It's a, it gets a little intense. It gets a little intense. My dad would always say, uh, if you ever brought a cat home, that's the day I'm moving out. Really? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I kind of want you out of here. You're pissing me off, so I'm going to bring a cat today. <laughs> and I was like, why would you give me that kind of authority? <laughs> He hated, yeah, he hated cats. I think he thought they were the devil or something. Whoa. I don't know. Wow. It's What else is going on? So what's um, so you're you're working on your fourth album? Yeah, Agua Corre. When's that coming up? Um, I think in, I'm thinking in March. So and all your stuff is hosted on SoundCloud. Yeah, but this one is gonna be released probably on Bandcamp. And or my website. Yeah, your website maybe. We that would be that cool. Yeah, up. I'm. I'm actually. I'm talking to the. You know, there's two homies that are working on it with me. Sure. Um, Beto and and um, and my homie Keith, and Keith's Christ. <laughs> That's what we call him, Keith's Christ. And Beto's Chucky's nice. Yeah, he's hella cool. Both of them are hella cool. Anyways, we're thinking about actually printing out uh, the album in vinyl too. That'd be fun. So I'm you excited. Don't to, you don't do CDs. You can just do vinyl and yeah. then digital downloads. I'm excited about making it. I'm excited about like finishing it. Wait, when do you think it's gonna be ready again? I'm sorry. Probably March. I'm trying to do it for my birthday for March, uh, and and have a release party or some, something something type I think like I'll be that. With that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So, um, so right now we have like uh, eleven songs. <laughs> una pachanguita. Una pachanguita. And they're all original. They're all there's. One cover okay. of um, a Guti Cárdenas song called Nunca that I love. Uh, Guti Cárdenas made clave music, which um, clave is um, is actually Afro Mexican music. Mm. Yeah, it has connections to Cuba, mm. Mm. Um, to the clave in Cuba. But so it's a cover of that. Um, 
And then there's a few references too in the songs to other things. But yeah, it's all like written by me or freestyled by me. Um, and it has some hip hop and some kind of soft songs and some R&B and some folk music. It's a little bit of a little bit of everything that I'm just kind of mixing in there. I'm excited. Yeah, that's super excited. Like a little baby, actually. I feel like it's like... Little, little nana. Like a little... What is it? The the one in The Hobbit? The weird one with the precious? Fuck. I don't know any of that shit. That one. <laughs> is the one that's like, my precious. Oh, okay. That one. The little creepy one? Yeah, the little creepy... Right now it's creepy. I don't think it's like But I hope that, with but love sure. and, and tenderness... It'll it will mature into a beautiful little... It will blossom. It's like a caterpillar and now it's becoming a butterfly. Exactly. Right now is the little, my precious. Yeah. Little thingy that's creepy, right? I didn't expect that kind of reference from you. Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah. Because, you know, first things look ugly. And no they don't make any sense. And yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. ha, ha, ha. And that's okay, children. Okay? That's it's okay. okay. It's part of the process. You know, the other day I was tutoring. Okay, my God. This girl, mm-mm. Let me just say, she was trying to write a paper. She hadn't even read the book. <laughs> like, the paper was the due the next day. One of those hustles, yeah. And I was just like, Mm, girl, no, no, I don't no. know about this. Oh, no. And, you know, she was trying to make it perfect from the beginning. And I was like, you, can't do that. you cannot. And that is the opposite way that I work. You gotta make, you gotta make work. Gotta yeah. Be perfect. So I've been working on it very slowly all year, recording a lot the last few months since August. Well, even, even for like this podcast, yeah. like, there's such a distinct relationship to it between like white folks and folks of color. Mm-hmm. Like, white folks don't like that I. I record with like background noise and they That's want like the weird. stereo sound. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome to have background noise. I think so too. I like the textures, I like the layers of, of sound. It, it's Aesthetically if, it pleases me. It's as if that you wanted you wanted a gordita that wasn't greasy and dirty in the yeah, street right. of Mexico. It's true, it's true, yeah. You know the whole thing it's about gorda, gordita is that it's gonna be greasy and it's gonna be a little dirty and that's why yeah, it tastes yeah. good. It's gonna be flex of diesel and exactly. Because it captures the character of yeah. the Yeah, There's sterile. no vegan tacos de sesos, okay? Yeah, yeah. Let me just say yeah, that. Go oh my god, that. tacos de sesos are the shit. I haven't had sesos in a long time. Oh my god, with a salsa de pico, like kind of like a pico de gallo yeah. type thing. Mm, Deep fried. I'd deep fry anything. When I lived in Georgia, oh my god, there used to be this place that would deep fry Oreos, Snicker uh, bars, butter sticks. That sounds like the Minnesota State Fair. Strawberries. Oh, god. Pretty intense. Messy. Some of it was good. Some of it Some was it, weird. It's pretty, definitely hit or miss. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. The butter stick not very that down. Just, that it was weird. It was just it just didn't a, make it a lot of sense. It's just like me. an assassin's bullet. It's yeah. It was, it's a little weird. But the but I like the Oreo. The mm. Oreo one. Mm, it was mm. interesting. Mm. It's fluffy, mm. chocolatey. I usually I, when I go to you know greasy things like that I go I, for, I go for corn dogs that's my mm-hmm. that's my go to corn dogs yeah it mm-hmm. reminds me of middle school yeah corn dogs it was like that special day in middle school yeah 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 you, you know where you got yeah dogs. well was, usually we got corn and 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 the corn and the mm, corn dogs it was like corn all corn yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. corn corn dog not the super processed ones that I got yeah I mean I was a poor kid we got free lunch yeah me too ours was a free lunch at yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it would be like the greasy, super greasy pizza with the little squares, pepperonis. Yeah. 
It was like a big good day, though. Chunks of bread, and you're like, what? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like that. that was about it. And, or chicken. In Georgia, we had a lot of fried chicken. We had we had really gross empanadas that Mr. liked a lot. Oh, really? They're like saucer-looking. It's really unappealing. Okay, well, we did not have that. We had a lot of fried chicken. so weird to Pizza, have Pizza, that nasty chocolate milk that tastes like water, and sometimes you find nasty things floating inside of it. Sloppy Joes. Ugh, gross. I mean, we're like all these Mexican kids eating all this, you know, nutty American food. Yeah. And all of it's unhealthy. Yeah. Remarkably unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we get some of them pepinos, though, with some, like, lime juice and spicy sauce and... Amen. Or the paletero. You know, my, my homie Alejandro's teaching Spanish at a middle... at an elementary school here. And one of his brightest students was like, A. Hey. Hey, he mira, was like, mira, he was hey, like, hey, 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 look, this is what we need hey. to do. We need to have the paletero come through every day <laughs> at the up. end of school bring it, bring it. And, and during lunchtime. And I was like, that's the right type of mentality. Right there, you're helping your local economy and you're making people happy all at the same you're getting, time. Getting, you're, and you're developing your flavors by having tamarindo. Exactly. And, 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 whatever else. and maguey. Just don't that's get, my favorite one, yeah, maguey. Maguey is pretty special. Hard to find. Not yeah, but to you, fruit bell. Indeed. Well, I'm going to be there next for another interview. Oh, yeah. That's good. I'm going to talk to an artist next. Cool. Who is it? Uh, Araceli something. She's, Araceli. At the, she's at the show. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. That's super cool. I like my hustle. Yeah. It's a good hustle. Yeah. All right. We got to wrap this up. But um, people Wait. Are you posting this soon? Uh, do you want me to? Yeah. Because then I can tell them of things going on this weekend. Okay. I'll post it tomorrow morning. Okay, How's so that? so then should I say what I was gonna say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, December thirteen, um, there's two things that I'm gonna be participating in. One is the march okay. in Oakland. The, you're, gonna, you're gonna be part yeah, of Yeah, the million. You're gonna perform or? Um, no, I'm just gonna be there okay. as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so at four um, in in Oakland Bay, in downtown just, Oakland. Yeah. yeah, I know there's also one in San Francisco. And then at night on December 13, I'm going to be in Root Division, which is uh, in Civic Center by the Civic Center uh, Bart Stop. I'm going to be making uh, in San Francisco. I'm going to be making uh, dolls live. And tomorrow they're going to be selling some of my uh, earrings. I make, I hand paint earrings. Oh, fun. Painted with clay. Root Division, too. Yeah, tomorrow as well. So I have a few little things going on. And then. Um, depending on whether or not my ticket works, I might be uh, touring in Mexico. Oh wow! And uh, uh, for the last days of December. Where so. in Mexico? Uh, probably Guanajuato and Defe. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I should go to that. Yeah, wow. it's pretty cool. I'm trying to meet up with my friend Mare Advertencia Lirica. She's super cool. Um, but yeah, just a shout out to all the peoples that are in the struggle for Ferguson. For Palestina, for Ayotzinapa, uh, for all our peoples, for black peoples, you know, because black lives matter, brown lives matter. Uh, and if you're not with us, then you against us, so step to the fucking side. Mm-hmm. All right, sister. That's good. All right. That's good Thank you. Thank you. Chips are life. Mm-hmm. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it real. real. Keep real it real. As real as I can. <laughs> <laughs>